Rainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, great evening, great weekend, whatever time it is you're listening to this. Um, as you can tell, my voice sounds a little different uh, today. The The COVID is in the house and uh, we're, we're dealing with that. So yeah, um, uh, hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Um, it's been here for a few days, so just count down the minutes until I can get back at and back on my feet. So it's great. Um, besides that, busy weekend in wrestling coming up. WrestleMania is this weekend, so I mean, if you're a fan of the New York product, there's lots to check out with uh, two nights of WrestleMania and Takeover. There's tons of indie shows. I mean. You could go from beginning of the day to the even till midnight and watch consistent wrestling all through the day. So definitely keep your eyes peeled because there's some fantastic matches out there. So uh, make sure you go out of your way and check out that stuff. But this week on the podcast, I was joined by Crystal Moon. Uh, you might not be familiar with Crystal as she wrestles predominantly out east, uh, mainly in Ontario with Crossbody Pro. But she is looking to make her way out west, uh, wrestle for, you know in Manitoba, Alberta, BC, get her name out there. So she joins me this week. We talk about her start in wrestling, a fantastic 30-minute Iron Woman match she just finished having to become a... Uh, the Crossbody Pro Women's Champion. So we talk about that so much more on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Here's Crystal Moon. Now, for those listening who might not be too familiar with our familiar with yourself, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself growing up, and uh, we'll transition from there into wrestling. So, from childhood on, what was that like for you? So I uh, I grew up in a small town, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. So it's like pretty up north, uh, rather small um lots of hockey um stuff like that so um growing up in a small town there wasn't much to do um Mm -hmm. I played a little bit of hockey here and there but like nothing too too aggressively um so pretty much wrestling watching wrestling uh was a big thing in my life my older sister um got me into wrestling so I watched Mm -hmm. it a lot with her uh I'm the youngest of five okay so yeah so I kind of watched it with her and I, my love grew from there. Um, and then just the larger than life characters, I think really, really got me so that um, I've used a lot of my time living in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and unfortunately like independent wrestling wasn't really big in, in my town, like in the Sioux um, there, I've, I'd never seen a live event before. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was absolutely no wrestling. So when I decided to wanted to pursue this I knew I had to kind of leave that town um mm-hmm. so that's how I ended up um in Kitchener um training at Crossbody I kind of did some research I'm like okay where do I want to go and I looked up a couple schools and the the school that I decided to go to kind of fit me the most so and the rest is kind of history I guess now you, you get into wrestling at a young age do you remember what it first was the first matches or first wrestlers that you were really drawn to um definitely like my top three I think that got me into it was Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio and Kane mm-hmm. um I think they just all had that larger than life character and like they looked really cool 
Um, and then once I started really understanding wrestling, it was like, especially with Eddie and Ray, just what they were capable of doing in the ring um, Mm -hmm. that really like gravitated, but it's just like these characters and their personalities. I'm like, Whoa, who are these human beings? Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because you have two very different styles of wrestler there with Ray and Eddie and with Kane and both, you know, are very popular, huge fan, huge followings. Lots of people are, the amount of people that credit Eddie Guerrero as um, sort of an idol to them is unbelievable. So it's, uh, it's really great how you can find two completely different type of type of wrestlers and be drawn to both of them and be able to take things from both of them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So um, you mentioned, you know, there wasn't a lot of local independent wrestling there not being to a live show. Do you remember the first live show you ever went to? Oh yeah. It was in London, Ontario. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I got, I think I got the tickets for Christmas. I was like, I was quite a bit older. I think I was like late teens, early twenties when I got the tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, and like in the back of my head, I kind of was like, Oh, maybe I want to do this, but I had to finish. I finished school first. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was in London and we were pretty close to the close to the ring. And I just watched it. And I think I was like, yeah, I would, I would love to do this. Like Mm -hmm. just being in front of the crowd and like the atmosphere and the interactions, just like everything. Um, But yeah, I was rather um, a little bit on the older side when I went to my first like live event. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it just really like pushed me more to want to do it. So yeah. I think it it really says something about when you go to a live show, it almost makes you feel like a kid again too, when you're watching it. Definitely. You, uh, I know anytime I go, you know, it's, you see, I might love, like if I'm watching WWE, the, the work the Miz is doing on TV, I might be smiling at home, but if I'm there in per- person, I'm going to be booing the hell out of him, you know, just oh, yeah. fully in. The funny thing is we, there was a, a WWE live event uh, last night in Kitchener and a group of like, um people that I train with we went and it was it was like that I felt like I was a kid again like yeah I, I'm a wrestler so I was like watching it like technically but like Rey Mysterio was there and I'd never seen him live and he's like a big inspiration for me and I was just like watching like I didn't make any noise I just was in awe I'm like I'm in the same building as Rey Mysterio holy crap <laughs> <laughs> do you notice um watching like when you're watching as a fan, do you notice you pay different or pay attention to different things that you do now that you might've when you were younger watching? Definitely. Yeah. I think when I was younger, um, I just like, I think I just looked more at the the character and like the story, um, I guess. Um, but now as I'm older and like training and wrestling myself, I'm like looking at the moves. I'm like, how does this person sell? How does this like, definitely looking at it more of a technical, um, technical way. And then I have to remind myself, I'm like, watch it as a fan too. watch it as like, Mm -hmm. you're not a wrestler. So I'd have to try to balance between, between the two, but I definitely look at it a lot differently now that I kind of know wrestling a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, uh, getting into wrestling, going to Crossbody pro, uh, what was it about them that drew you to go wanting to go train there? So I was in the area, I was in the area, um, so and I decided to meet up with uh, Ben, one of the trainers, and it was at one of their older facilities, 
Um, and they actually had a class going um, and just getting to watch how he trained and um, who it was a different group of people. Like it was from different walks of life. Sorry, I got to put my dog out. Mm-hmm. Um, different walks of life, um, different styles, different looks. Um, and it was just like just talking to him. It just made me feel at home and that I could feel like this is somewhere I'd want to train because mm-hmm. he had asked me like, do you live in the area? And I told him like, no, I'm like, I'd be moving eight hours to come and train. Like I'm pretty much restarting my life and this is going to be my life. So I think he realized that I'm like, okay, she means business. Um, and she, he saw that I was, I was serious about it. So mm-hmm. it was just an instant, like, okay, I feel at home here. So did you have any reservations at all about packing up and moving your life? Because that's a huge jump, you know, especially, I find in Canada, we don't normally make those kind of moves uh, mm-hmm. unless it's something really big like that. So for a, a transition like that, it, that's quite the move. Yeah, I, I think I, I definitely did. Like it was me and a friend of mine um, who kind of just wanted to get out of the city as well. Um, and at, when I was still living at home and in the suit and getting ready to move, I kind of had some like some uh, nervous thoughts and like kind of second guessing myself. But then I realized like, I, I would be so mad at myself if I didn't try. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad really pushed me and said, Hey, like, you don't know if it's not going to work unless you try. Right. Um, So I was like, okay, perfect. Like I have my dad's support. That's like all I really care about. Um, So I like lined some things up for like work outside of wrestling and my apartment and everything. And it was hard. Like when I first moved here, it was really hard for a really long time trying to balance like wrestling training, um, going to shows and my like regular work life. It was mm-hmm. a struggle. And there was a couple of times where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a city. I don't know. I'm trying to meet new people like, and I'm trying to balance my life. And I'm like, I feel like I'm failing. Like, mm-hmm. But then it obviously got easier as things progressed. And I like learned how to kind of balance my life more and got found a really good job on the side that like really supported my wrestling. And I really found a really good group of people that I meshed well with. So, but yeah, for, for a while it was like, uh, do I move back home? Am I meant to do this? So, you know, having the support of family like that, it can make a world of difference, especially when you're going to pack up and move. So knowing that, you know, you had your dad's support to do this and almost the, to push you a little bit. I think that that speaks volumes for just knowing what you can do inside. So that's all. Yeah, that's definitely. Great. Like my dad was going to support me either way. Like if I stayed and I did this and I was successful or if I like had called him a year in saying like, can you come and get me? Like mm-hmm. regardless of what would have happened, um, he would have supported me. And that's, I'm really close to my dad. And that's all I kind of really really worried about when it comes to like my family. Um, so as long as I had his support, I just, I was good to go. Mm-hmm. Now at uh, Crossbody, was there a few different trainers besides Ben or was it just him running everything? No. So for a while um, we currently have four right now, but uh, when I was really starting to first start training, there was three. Um, so Ben, uh, big Ben Ortman's um, notorious TID and uh, Tyler Thomas. Um, and I recently had this conversation with a couple of the other students. Um, they all have different styles, which is great. Like mm-hmm. you kind of, you get to pick what styles you like and kind of mesh them all together. 
So um, I was very fortunate that way. Like um, Ben, he was more of like striking MMA. Um, Ted, he's like a bigger guy and he, he's great with working on promos and character work. Um, and then Tyler, he's more of like the lucha, flashy, like indie style. So mm-hmm. having the three um, is great. And now um, we also have um, Holden Albright as well. Um, so he definitely has a lot more character work and some power moves as well. So it's um, we're very fortunate to be able to learn from four different people. So mm-hmm. I think one great thing about that, especially is there's, it'll be different ways to do stuff as well. So yeah. although there might be one who a specialty, you know, like whether it's, uh, you know, Ben with his uh, striking or power, and then you might be able to take something from him, but also something from say Holden, different striking related yeah. that might work a little bit better for you. So that's, that's huge yeah. for wrestling nowadays. Oh, definitely. Like you get to kind of learn how to adapt, right. And you get different, <laughs> you figure out what works best for you because you have those options. Whereas like learning from one person is great, but like you learn that style. And like I said, we had a conversation at one of our last classes actually about this conversation. And like <laughs> sometimes when it's one person, you kind of become like a co- carbon copy of that mm-hmm. person. Whereas like when you have multiple people, you kind of get to morph into all four, right. In different styles. So we're very, very lucky at Crossbody to have that um, opportunity. Now coming from Crossbody, what's the biggest piece of advice you were given from there that you've been able to adapt to your wrestling career so far? Oh, I've gotten a lot of uh, pieces of <laughs> advice. Um, honestly, like for me, when I first started training, I, I wasn't super athletic. Like I didn't really have a big athletic background. Um, I played a little bit of hockey um, and that was pretty much it. Um, But I wasn't super athletic. So it was kind of like they really timber. Just one sec. (laughs) What are you doing? So pretty much there's going to be in wrestling. There's going to be different situations that you're going to have to kind of push yourself through. And it was honestly, like, they just taught me just keep going, keep pushing. Like, if you really love this, just like keep pushing through the hard times. Cause like I said, I wasn't super athletic. So the first little bit, I really struggled to pick up the technical part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know how my body worked. I wasn't really flexible. Um, I just had a love for wrestling and I knew like I would push myself to do it. And I think they've really instilled that in me is like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. But if you really love this, then like, just keep going and keep going and it will get easier. And thankfully I listened to them. So now I feel like I'm starting to get wrestling more, which is good. So, so how long after starting training before you were having your first match? I think just under a year okay. um, or just, just at a year, I believe. Um, so wait, actually I started in August. Yeah, I would say maybe like 10 months or so. Um, I had my first match. I was very, I was very lucky to have my first match um, with Casey Spinelli. Mm -hmm. Um, So she is one of, one of the best. Um, She's fantastic. Yeah. So having that veteran to kind of like ease me into it in my first match was like the best experience. Um, I felt safe. I felt protected. Like um, she really kind of, pushed me um when I was getting nervous and like putting the match together and everything so I was very lucky to have that uh, match with her um and at the time when I had my first match I didn't really have like a gimmick um mm-hmm. so I was actually wrestled under a panda mask 
So I was just a, just a panda. Um, yeah. And I did that for like two shows. Um, and then I kind of developed my character from there. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I was really fortunate to be um, put in a good spot for my first match. So see, it's like you have, you're seeing my notes because uh, that's a perfect segue because <laughs> from your, from where you are now to where you started, there's a yeah. huge progression character wise. And, yeah. you know, even, in ring wise, I mean, you've yeah. come leaps and bounds. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about your development into where you are now. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, um, I had more of like a, a happy go lucky, like sailor moon hit something in crystal moon. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was just kind of like to get me in front of a crowd, get the crowd to know who I am. Um, and then it just got to the point where like, I just didn't believe in myself anymore. Um, cause I didn't feel connected with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go back to the drawing board, honestly. And I knew that I wanted to kind of bring myself a little bit more into my character, into who crystal moon really is. Um, so yeah, it, it took me a while to kind of get to where I am now, but I just kept pushing myself. I watched more wrestling. I went to training more, trained with different people, watch wrestling with different people. Um, and then just really like kind of sat down with myself and said, who do you like, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to be this person anymore. Who do you want to be? And this is how my character, who I am now um, got developed. So it's uh, you hear people say all the time, you know, the, the best thing you can do is be yourself, but turned up to 10 and it's yes. very believable, you know? So oh, yeah. did you find a lot of that with yourself? Definitely. Yeah. Like what you see, like now is me just, times a hundred times 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And it's a lot more being more myself is a lot more natural. And I think once I felt more comfortable and more natural, that's when also uh, the progression um, inside of the ring with my moves became more natural because I didn't feel like I was putting on an act anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't so focused on that. Now I'm just, like I said, I'm just being myself, but I can go out and wrestle now. If that makes sense. It, it does. And uh, it's, it totally makes sense because I mean, watching some of your matches, seeing the confidence you have out there, it's, it's huge. It comes across and it's, it's very believable. So I think that speaks volumes to you as a wrestler and what you're doing in the ring. Appreciate that. Um, now, I mean, you've, I mean, you've been able to share the ring with many people. And uh, there is one thing I want to touch on was uh, in 2019, you were actually a part of uh, impact wrestling on their TV. Yes. So let's, uh, let's talk about how that all came to be because I mean, you started in 2017. So a few years later to be able to have that opportunity, that's huge. Yeah, it was, I'm very fortunate. Um, So before, yeah. So I had a couple like guest spots with uh, Sue Young Mm -hmm. as uh, her undead bridesmaid, which is an absolutely great, um, great opportunity that I had and she's absolutely fantastic to work for and work with um so that kind of came about I think I was honestly just at um an impact show or a destiny show helping out and I had the look that they wanted the dark hair I didn't have to wear a wig um and I always carry I always have black clothes around so Mm -hmm. I kind of got approached by um people and were like hey we know you're a worker do you have black clothes here? I'm like, yeah, great. They're like, okay, go get your clothes. We're going to need you for a spot. I'm like, okay, cool. 
So I had the opportunity to do, and I did well. So I had the opportunity to do that a couple times, which like I said, I'm super fortunate for, but I actually did have a match as well um, against mm. Jessica Havoc, which who is also the biggest sweetheart. Uh, that kind of happened out of the blue. So impact was taping in Windsor um, and where I live, it's not super far. It's a couple hours, but not too bad of a, a drive. And I was like, just laying in bed. It was probably like one o'clock when I got the text um, from one of my trainers who um, was doing some backstage work for him back as well. And they're like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, I better have a good answer. I'm like, nothing. Why? <laughs> they're like, get your gear ready. They need somebody for a match. I'm like, okay, great. Cool. Sweet. I didn't sleep. Like it was so fast. It was just like, we need you here. We're going to come pick you up in a couple hours. We're going to drive to Windsor. I'm like, cool. Okay. So I'm like getting my stuff ready and I wait and we drive there and we get backstage and I get to meet everybody and everybody was great. Um, and then, yeah, the, the match happened and I was, uh, super fortunate to have that, um, opportunity as well. Um, and I believe I think 2019, I had just come back, um, from an injury as well. So having that, um, having that opportunity was really big. And so especially only two years into my career, being able to be on national TV, I'm very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming back from an injury, being put in that position, that's got to be a huge boost for your confidence. And just yeah. like psychologically, it's, yeah. it'd be so easy just to know that you have to kind of rebuild back up but to have that opportunity that's awesome and i mean the match is out there for people to watch and i recommend doing it because uh, you two told a fantastic story for the time given and all all factors considered it was very well done yeah i uh was very uh a very great opportunity and everybody backstage was was super nice and welcoming and i got to like i said meet some really great people got some really good advice Um, so I definitely, from that moment, I really was like, okay, maybe I could do this. Like, not just like small time. I'm like, I think I could, I think I could, if I keep pushing myself, I can like, I can get somewhere. So that was a really big turning point in my confidence. I think in my career as well. So Mm -hmm. now up to this point, had you had uh, family and friends be able to see you wrestle before, or would this be the first time? No. So a lot of my friends and family, that was the first, the first time. Um, but back, like when I had first started, um, my dad, um, brought up my two nieces, um, who were rather young at the time, um, to see me wrestle. And one of them, I think was like 10 or 11. Um, and she under, she understood wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, but her sister, um, who I'm really, really close with, she was, I think about like seven and she didn't really quite understand how pro wrestling worked. Um, and during the match, I got like a chair shot. Mm-hmm. So she legitimately thought I was hurt. So she, my dad had to pull her from the ring because she was going to try to come in the <laughs> ring and see if Auntie was okay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man. And of course I was wrestling Casey Spinelli. So she saw that and being Casey Spinelli was like, oh, I'm going to hurt your auntie. Like, oh man, like the the reaction and then it got, then got the crowd into it. It was mm-hmm. a crazy experience. That That's incredible. And yeah. you know, like the position you're in right now, I mean, you are a role model for, you know, a lot of 
you know, young women today, you know, it's what kind of, what does that do for yourself? Because you're put in this position where you're, you can be such a positive influence for all of them. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like even, especially at some of the cross body shows and some other shows being able to see um, a lot of the young girls, um, even like last night at the, uh, the WB show that we went to right behind us, there was two young girls, like just screaming. Um, especially when like the women's matches were so like being able to kind of be a small part of that is, uh, really crazy and really cool. And like being able to go home and see my nieces, um, one just turned 17, um, and one, um, will be 13 in May. Mm-hmm. So like them, like following me on Instagram and messaging me and like, asking me to tell them stories. And like, I recently just won the crossbody women's championship. Um, so being able to like, eventually hopefully bring that home to show them that mm-hmm. like, Hey, auntie said she was going to go and pursue her dreams. Like this shows that you can do it if you keep pushing. Right. So mm-hmm. no, that's, that's huge. And I think it's yeah. very, a very valuable thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2019 you're, you're ending that on a high note. 2020 hits the yeah. pandemic. We all we're still dealing with it. Yeah. Um, for someone who had started only a few years before this hits and it almost puts your career on hold. What does that do for you? Like mentally, how do you get past all of that? Yeah. It, like for, for a little bit, like I felt like I was finally on a roll. Um, actually my injury had happened just after the impact spot. Now that I'm thinking about timeline, Um, so I had the impact spot and maybe like a month later, I, um, had an injury. I got, um, a concussion Mm -hmm. and then I worked really hard to come back and I was out for like maybe four to six weeks. And then I came back for like a few matches and then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So I felt extra in the hole. I was like, I pushed myself to come back from this injury and I felt great, like mentally, physically, everything. And then the pandemic happens and I'm like, I'm back to where I was three months ago when I was injured, right. Not being able to wrestle, but as weird as this sounds and like people have asked me, like, I'm actually pretty grateful for the, um, the, uh, pandemic and the time off because I pushed myself more, um, Mm -hmm. in the gym at home watching wrestling and like my new gear and everything came after the pandemic. So being able to kind of have that time off and really like sit and think, and like just wanting wrestling to come back and loving it so much that I pushed myself more. Um, so it, for a little bit, it did kind of put me in a little bit of a hole, especially, like I said, I kind of went from working really hard, having that impact spot, having an injury, coming back for a couple matches and then we're gone. Right. Mm-hmm. So the stop and go was kind of like really getting to me, but then I just really took all that energy and tried to make it as positive as possible because mm-hmm. I knew wrestling would come back eventually. And when it did, I wanted to be as ready um, to go as soon as it could. So, and I mean, you definitely have, I mean, you mentioned becoming the crossbody pro, uh, women's champion. Mm-hmm. Um, the 30 minute iron woman match with, uh, Alexia Nicole. I mean, it, it was a fantastic match you, leading up to it. I saw the, uh, the promo video that was also released that uh, crossbody did. There was some fantastic yeah. storytelling in that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that match and your, your rivalry with Alexia, because you two did an incredible job. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, definitely like I told, and I told her this after the match too, like she, her rivalry definitely like for the last three years, definitely made me into the, the wrestler, um, that I am today. And I posted it on Twitter and I genuinely feel like Alexia is 
if not the best, the best in Canada. Um, I don't know why she's not like everywhere. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, she's a great wrestler and an even better human being. Um, so that was a very emotional match for us. Like, cause it, it took three years to get there and we had that story and we had the time and crossbody really invested. Like we were the main event 30 minute iron woman match. Like that doesn't happen very often. Um, so we were just very fortunate to be able to tell our story and have those emotions going into it and like it being executed so well. So you, you mentioned being the main event and that's definitely something you see a lot more of nowadays yeah. with the, you know, it started a few years back WWE with the, you know, the women's revolution, having the, the Bailey's, the Sasha's um, mm-hmm. Charlotte and Becky being able to main event and show that women can be a main event match on a program. I think that's huge, especially because there's so many incredibly talented women wrestlers that, you know, six, seven years ago might not get that opportunity, but now they are, they're being the focal point of it. Having a three-year storyline in independent wrestling, that's unheard of, but it's incredible. That's something as a fan I'm invested in and I want to see going to local shows. Yeah. It was that it really, cool experience after like the 30 minute was minute was up and I won the title like everybody had been waiting for that moment like I had so many like chances of getting that title uh but between like COVID and other things um it just didn't didn't happen so I'm actually grateful because we were able to tell this story now and it worked out the way that I think ultimately it should have um so but when the bell rang and I won just like the like the vibe in the the it, at crossbody was like absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Like there were people crying, I was crying, people backstage were crying because it was just it all led to this, and it was finally my moment, right? So now, I mean, I've I've mentioned a couple, but do you have any matches or moments that stand out to you that you're especially proud of? Yeah, um, well, obviously the thirty minute Iron Man match, <laughs> but like previously, I. Um, it was actually recently after it was my first match back after like that, the last little shutdown in Ontario that we had, mm-hmm. uh, I got to do a tag match with, um, speedball, Mike Bailey and, uh, beta Scott. Um, and that really like gave me the confidence as well. Um, because I got some really good feedback from them and that I ultimately got, um, another match against beta at IWS in Montreal. Um, because she was impressed with what I could do. Um, mm-hmm. So I got that opportunity. And the uh, the match at IWS in Montreal in December was a really big match for me. One, because I was wrestling somebody of like stature of, as Veda, who has such a big following and she's from the States, um, which I eventually want to break into, right? And it was my first little dabble with like a little bit more hardcore, hardcore style. There was a, uh, there was chairs, there was cookie sheets, there was a door. I went through a door. So like I had a little bit of taste of that. Um, so that I'm super proud of. And um, there was a uh, triple threat with me, Alexia and Casey Spinelli. Um, that, that moment was really special to me because those two um, women are very influential in crossbody. So having the three of us in one match for the title um, was really big. Um, and then another one, when I won the blue ribbon championship as well, um, at crossbody, that was my first title. So that was obviously really important to me as well. So 
a lot of, a lot of matches at crossbody have been very important to me. So mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned, I mean, sharing the ring with Mike Bailey and uh, Vita Scott um, with Mike Bailey, what he's doing now. And, you know, a few months ago you were sharing the ring with him. I mean, yeah. that must do huge, like psychologically, like knowing that you can hang with him, getting advice from him and then seeing him all across the States, just like tearing it's, it up. Like he's everywhere. And then getting signed impact and everything mm-hmm. like it was, it was a crazy experience just being able to to see that right and to know like hey yeah a couple months ago I was in there with him and I uh, I survived it and I got <laughs> I got good feedback and I got a good opportunity right so mm-hmm. I uh yeah it definitely did a lot for my um my uh confidence um knowing that like hey if I could hang with Speedmall by Mike Bailey I think I can uh hang with some other people so um, in wrestling, I mean, everyone has them. Do you have any, or, well, most people have them. Some are willing to share, some aren't. Do you have any, you know, goals that you have set for yourself? Not necessarily people you want to face off with, but whether it's personally like places you want to go or, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I want to, um, I obviously I want to go out like out West, like definitely Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg pro I want to mm-hmm. go to for sure. Um, I'm originally from BC. I was born in BC, so I would love to go back there. So though, like for sure. Um, and then hopefully be able to kind of, uh, start going to the States more, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's unfortunately, um, like on the Canadian scene is huge. It's great, but like to really kind of get yourself noticed a little bit more is trying to get that push in the state. So I'm hopefully be able to do that by the, at least by the end of the year, early mm-hmm. 2023, hoping, but those, uh, those two first, like those kind of goals are really big for me right now. Nice. That's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. it's good to see. I mean, I'm, you like seeing people want to like progress and grow and put themselves out there. So that's awesome. Um, a couple more things and then I'll let you go enjoy your Sunday, but <laughs> In wrestling, I mean, there's so much, you know, I, I try to focus on the positivity, but there is negative aspects to it. Yeah. How do you, as a person, deal with some of the negative things that can creep up on you, whether it's with social media or fans or just dealing with stuff in wrestling? How do you deal with that? Um, my dog, as you yeah. can see, it's been, <laughs> been a pain today, but um, just being able to come home to her and like kind of leave it at the door. I'm like, it's it's hard for me to do it, but I definitely like, need to try to do it more and I'm working on it is just like whatever happens with the wrestling world and the drama it does it try not to let it affect my personal life mm-hmm. uh, so being able to come home and like hang out with my dog and uh my boyfriend who like he's very good at kind of um leaving that baggage where it is and not letting it affect him so I'm trying to take that with me um me I like it gets to me a little bit more um but I'm slowly trying to kind of separate myself from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's online stuff, I'm like, I'm just going to shut my phone off. Like I'm going to just let my phone chill out. I don't, I don't need to be on my phone right now. It's not dire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, definitely I'm learning to do that. Um, but yeah, just trying to separate myself and not make it personal. Um, mm-hmm. and if it has nothing to do with me, great. Good luck. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, now I, I like to ask this one because it's, there's no wrong answer to it. And everyone's is different in wrestling. If there's something that you're going to change, what would it be? Oh, in wrestling, huh? 
Huh. It's tough. I think, like, touching back to the last question, I do feel like there's a lot of great positive things about wrestling and everybody loves wrestling, but I feel like there's a lot of drama and issues like on Twitter and like egos and things like that. I think I would like to change maybe some, some egos that I've met along the way, but I know, unfortunately I can't do that. Um, So like I said, I try to separate myself, but I think you meet, it's the extreme with wrestling. You meet some really, really, really great people. And then not so great people. Um, but I guess that's with anything, but I feel like I would love to change that aspect of it, mm-hmm. like the drama aspect of it, but I know I'm never going to be able to, <laughs> um, I just know what I, what I can control. So that's what I'm going to work on. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's a big thing is just knowing you can only control so much. So you control yeah. what you can and just let the rest fall into place because if you yeah. can't control it, why are you going to stress about it? Exactly. And I'm learning to do that. Like slowly but surely like you can't control everybody you can't make everybody happy that's Mm -hmm. that's a big thing that I struggle with is like I always want to try to make everybody happy and like be positive um but I can't always make everybody happy so Mm -hmm. um now as a fan what are some of your favorite matches oh yes okay how Uh, many how many Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero matches are on (laughs) there's a few actually um when eddie won um the title at no way out against brock lesnar i'm not a huge a huge brock lesnar fan uh i'm not it's just not this not my style mm-hmm. um but like i think it was more like the emotion and he find eddie finally like climbed the mountaintop um that m- match still gets me emotional um halloween havoc eddie and ray it was the yes. title versus mask fantastic i recently just just rewatched it amazing like and it's just to even think like during that match like ray was only like 22 23 years old and i'm like and then you remember he's been wrestling since he was 14 so i'm like okay it makes sense yeah um so those two are on the top there and then um wrestlemania i can't remember which wrestlemania was but it was eddie versus ray um as well so a lot of eddie and ray matches (laughs) um for sure um uh, and then uh Lita and Trish when they main evented Raw I think yes. just for for the the history fact and the feeling that finally like the women had made it right especially during that era mm-hmm. being able to main event and put on a match like a great storied match um I think that was just monumental and it'll go down as like one of the best Raws I think so for it's- me yeah. You know, considering the time frame that they did that, and yeah. I mean, it it sometimes gets overlooked just how impactful that match was yeah. in the the grand scheme of like wrestling history. Yeah. So no, definitely, it was just like that moment there. Like I can only imagine to be a fly on the wall backstage in Gorilla during that match, and when they came back, like just the emotion and the feeling, and like even before they stepped, like how were they feeling? Like you're about to make history. Like you're about to main event a a live television raw, like just to be there in that moment, just like feeling it right. That mm-hmm. I would have loved to been able to experience that that, but I was still rather young. So, mm-hmm. and now I mean, this is a wrestling podcast, but I know that you are a huge uh, emo fan. Yes. Um, new Alexis on Fire album is coming out oh. soon. 
what are some of your favorite albums out there right now? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't, honestly, this sounds so bad. I, I haven't listened to a ton of like new, new albums. So any recommendations you have, I would love to um, definitely hit up. <laughs> but um, honestly, like I'm a big, like I Prevail fan. Um, I'm also a big fan, Dance Gavin Dance, some of their older stuff um older issues like older older um uh, i'm not a huge fan of their newer stuff um mm-hmm. and then they changed their name so it's a uh, rain uh i think it's rain city drive but they used to be slaves okay their name um when i think when uh johnny craig got kicked out of the band again <laughs> um yeah, so those are kind of like my top. Um, but yeah, I uh, going back to the Left on Fire. Um, I recently, like on my memories on Facebook, um, when I saw um, City Color Live, um, mm-hmm. it was at a Juno Lock party years ago. I was in university and I remember seeing um, him live and I just like stood there in awe. I'm like, how is this sound coming out of one human being? Mm-hmm. Like, he's absolutely incredible live and it was a free show and it was just like randomly that I was there. So, um, but I'm happy they're back and uh, ready to kill it and hopefully go uh, on tour and I can see them now that things are opening up. And I was supposed to go to um, Under Oath a little while ago in March, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that got rescheduled. I was going to go, I didn't end up going cause I had to wrestle, um, but it ended up getting rescheduled anyways. But um, yeah. I will like, it might be foreign to some listeners, but, uh, when HMV was still around, I used to work there and like, I've got a few years. So, I mean, it was right when one of the under oath albums was released. So we just had like a ton of those. So I will always remember them just because of like the stacks of under oath CDs we had, but, uh, I have to throw out one album because it is, uh, an absolute favorite of mine. And that's the, Alexis on Fire, Monine split album. Okay. If you have a chance, check it out. They do. Alexis on Fire does three Monine songs. Monine does three Alexis on Fire songs. Okay. And it's great. So it's it's fantastic. I'll I'll definitely check that out for sure. And then there's one other one. It's wasn't actually a uh, a physical CD release, but it was a DJ who he'd take uh, he'd just do mashups. So he would like do like senses fail and taking back Sunday and like Whoa, just combining okay. stuff like that. So it's a fun little listen. It's up on YouTube. So, okay, sweet. But uh, so for people listening, um, where can they find you online? You know, social media, anything you want to plug? Here's your chance. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, I'm not big on Twitter. Like I recently just kind of really got into Twitter. Um, my, uh, both my handles are the same for um, Instagram and Twitter. So it's, Crystal with a K, um, moon underscore PW. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I just kind of talk about wrestling. Um, I talk about my dog a lot who, um, a lot of fans love my dog, Timber, um, who took over this podcast <laughs> because uh, she likes to be the center of attention. Um, but yeah, I just like little, like, and I talk about Sailor Moon a lot and like stuff like that. A lot of nineties as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk a lot about, uh, the nineties and, uh, yeah, I'm hopefully coming out with a couple new shirts in the next couple weeks. So definitely check out that. 
Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. And any upcoming shows that you're going to be a part of? We should get yeah. that plugged in as well. Um, so April 1st, there is um, Crossbody um, Studios is doing another uh, showcase show, which mm-hmm. is great. So April 1st. Um, and then I'm at HWE on April 8th um, in, uh, in Mississauga. Um, and then we're at Crossbody again on the 15th and 16th um, in Cambridge. Um, and where else? Um, the 30th of April, um, PWO. Um, I'll be there as well. So I have a, quite a few in April coming up. Um, so yeah, check out those. Check out my Twitter and my uh, Instagram. I'll be posting those, but I'm sure um, you'll be able to see them on YouTube as well. Perfect. Crystal, thank you so much for this. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, sorry, my, my dog wanted to be involved so much. <laughs> Thank you so much to Crystal Moon for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check out her social medias, grab a t-shirt, and uh, keep your eyes peeled and uh, watch for her um, on your local promotion. You know, Hopefully she'll be able to make her way out west and uh, wrestle, whether it's here in Winnipeg, out in BC, uh, you know, wherever. But uh, all the best to her, and thank you so much to her for joining me. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I say it every time. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. So thank you so much for that. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Uh, email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Um, up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you could rate and review, that would be fantastic. And uh, up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. So that's all the socials. Also, uh, t-shirts. Um, if you go to whatamaneuver.net, search Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, you can grab your very own Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. They look fantastic. They've been uh, shipped out. The first, uh, first batch of orders I know got shipped out and received. Um, so definitely hit them up. Half of all the profits that the t-shirts rake in is being donated to Resource Assistance for Youth Winnipeg, Ray Winnipeg. So just know that the money is going to a good cause. It's a local nonprofit doing lots of great things for, uh, for, for the youth. So thank you for everything. Thank you for checking out the podcast again. We'll talk soon.